handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is 8.09 a.m. East Coast time on January 24th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Doing an early pre-breakfast post-coffee podcast. Uh, Today is the last day uh, in New Jersey for me for three weeks because I embark on my nationwide obscurity tour. Uh, (laughs) I am taking the train. I got a nice, a luxurious room on the train. Um, so ba- right off the bat, uh, Chicago, Thursday. If you're listening to this and you're in Chicago, I hope to see you at the show. If you're listening to this, you live in Chicago and you won't be at the show, what are you doing? What the hell kind of fan are you? I don't understand. Well, once again, I don't understand my own fans, my own supporters, my own following. Um, but... Uh, Chicago Thursday, so I'm taking the train to Chicago. Uh, I got upgraded. They, they had to cancel my original train, and then I had to get switched to a different train, which actually gets me to Chicago slightly earlier, and they had to give me a bigger room. I had a roomette, which is, of course, the feminine version of a room, but now I have a full-size bedroom because that's all they had available, and since they canceled the train, I got the free-of-charge upgrade into the... Uh, I've been on these before, pretty pretty solid, fun comfy uh, accommodations and my own bathroom. So no need to use common bathrooms with the riffraff. Um, So then I get to Chicago. The reason I planned for an extra day in Chicago was twofold. Uh, I have a contact at a daytime show in Chicago that I appeared on twice in 2020 via Zoom. Um, So I said, let me give myself an extra day because you know what? Maybe, just maybe, he, he he had said to me, when you're in Chicago, let me know. We'll try to get you on. Unfortunately, the show, as would as the JL Jinx would have it, was down downgraded during COVID to only a one time a week show on Friday. So not even a day before I appear in Chicago. 
So that became a non-starter. But then I said, okay, well, instead of arriving the morning of, maybe a little groggy, I get an extra day and I can have uh, dinner with a, with a buddy of mine in Chicago that I haven't seen in a while. Well, he, no, he can no longer have dinner uh, Wednesday night. So basically, I'm getting to Chicago a day early for no reason other than to just pump money into the local economy uh, by spending an extra night in restaurants and uh, hotel. So that's me. Always a giver, folks. Um, so the show is Thursday night, so uh, I'm in Chicago for two nights, um, and then I depart for L.A. via the train again. Um, this is my Joe Biden nationwide Amtrak tour. Uh, well, with, with some, some additional help from Greyhound. Um, I get to L.A. Sunday. I have no shows in L.A. I'm going to try and line up some just like warm-up gigs in L.A., but basically I'm going to be working during the day in my friend's house um, just doing legal work because... Uh, you know, it's it's uh, that's that's how comedy goes. Is that I'll be spending uh, half of my vacation doing doing work. Um, San Jose Improv on Wednesday, February second. So I leave for that at five a.m. on a Greyhound to get to San Jose. I hang out in San Jose for a few hours, go do the show, fall asleep next morning. Uh, and all these will be chronicled on my YouTube and Instagram. So if you're not following me on YouTube or Instagram, please follow on Instagram and subscribe to my main, well, both of my YouTube channels, but especially the main one. Actually, I have three if you count making podcasts great again. So subscribe to all of them. And all it takes is a free click and about eight seconds of your time. But I'll be, like I said, chronicling all this on Instagram and YouTube my different stages of the journey, different fun things. And obviously, uh, while I'm on the train, I'm sure I will have a segment called Mike Pence running a train. Um, so I've got four books lined up for my travels. I've got, uh, multiple shows, seasons of shows downloaded to my tablet. Um, so then after San Jose, do the show, come back the next day, basically an all, all day trip on Amtrak. And then, um, I'm in LA for a few days. We got the big LA show February 6th at Flappers. Hopefully my LA people and my Southern California people have bought tickets. I have no idea what my ticket numbers are for any of these shows. Um, if I'm being realistic, I'm sure it's, I'm sure all of them will be as be worse than I hope, but you know, it, 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 hope springs eternal until you read my recap post the next day saying I had the greatest set of my life in front of 19 people. Um, then, on February 8th, I go to Vegas for a night, just for vacation. Uh, I'm probably going to go see David Copperfield, uh, just because, why not? I'm in Vegas. He performs at the hotel I'm staying at, so I figure, you know what, let me... I've been to Vegas twice in my life, once with my college basketball team, and my mom was there, um, and then once uh, with my mom and my brother for her birthday, because she's like an Atlantic City old lady, and then we said, well, why don't we take you to the to the mecca of old people playing on slot machines. Um, so this is my first time, uh, you know, I'm just going to Vegas. I'm only there a night. It's basically to break up the trips because the next day I go to Salt Lake City for two jazz games and a show of my own, uh, February 10th at Wise Guys in Jordan Landing. So whoever's listening to this, if you're in any of those cities, uh, come on out. Because I've been getting a lot of... I've been getting, and I, I respect this to a certain degree, but I've been getting a lot of, uh, I was going to have friends come out to the show, but they're nervous about Omicron. And I have, and to me, Omicron is already sort of subsiding. I'm not going to states like Florida and Texas where they're probably going to get hit later. You know, they, they get things slower there in every way. Um, but to me, it's like at some point, I mean, I have three shots. 
I'm going to be traveling with a mask. I'm going to be not engaging in too much. I think all the clubs I'm performing at have pretty, they're all in, well, uh, not Utah, to be fair. They just struck down a mask mandate, which tells you, like, when Salt Lake City is too woke and liberal for your state, your state might be the problem. But they struck down, like, the mask mandate and the vaccine requirements uh, for Salt Lake County. Um, Speaking of which, my boy John Stockton in the news, uh, so sad, so sad. Don't you're, you're, My heroes, my youth heroes have really disappointed me. Um, but, uh, yeah, all the, all the clubs that people keep telling me they won't be able to go or I was going to have friends come, but it turns out a lot of people are spooked by Omicron. I'm just like, I guess, but at what point... I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying to shame people, especially those on my side, but I, I, I'm as... I'm a pretty rigorous person when it comes to COVID, but at some point, and I said this in, in last year, Jesus Christ, I said this seven months ago when we thought we were getting out of this when I, when I was fully vaccinated for the first time. And I just thought, well, at some point I have to trust the vaccine, right? Like I got the vaccine to protect myself, like living as if I'm unvaccinated. This does not mean be reckless, but living as if I'm unvaccinated seems like the worst of all worlds. Like, hey, I've gotten all the shots, but I'm still going to act like I don't have the shots. Well, then, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mean to judge anybody's individual choice, even though I am. But but at some point, it's just sort of like, okay, well, the club requires vaccination. You're vaccinated. Every That means everybody else is vaccinated. Uh, it's J.L. Covan, so you know you're not going to be in a sold-out show. So there'll be sp- – yeah, but whatever. It's just It just seems, you know – this is sort of the catch 22 of my whole career is like, I've attracted fans that probably half of them don't, wouldn't like my stand up, would consider me crude or something, or maybe they would if they gave it a chance, but they're the overly cautious. Whereas the reckless people who might enjoy my stand up would probably consider me part of the woke establishment left cucks. And then they only go out and see like the most aggressive Joe Rogan affiliated comedians. So you, you, you end up in this sort of purgatory, um, a, a common theme of my podcast. But it's, it's, you know, to each his own and everybody should do what they're comfortable with, of course. But, you know, for me, it's like at some point, trust the vaccine and still wear a mask and still but like, you know, if you're a fan of mine, I, I, I don't know that will we ever be in a in a place of such safety that fans of mine will come out to shows like I don't I don't know at this point, because after Omicron, maybe there'll be a, a more vicious strain, the Tampa strain, and then then we'll subside in the summer. And then next year we'll be in the like, it'll be a, a flu like thing, but people will be, uh, you know, sort of gun shy when it comes to COVID related things. So the at some point, we're, we're either never getting over it or we, it's time to get over it. And I don't mean that in a reckless way. I think everybody should get vaccinated, boosted, wear masks indoors right now, especially wintertime and especially with Omicron going around. But if you've done all the things, you know, I, I, I don't know. My, I, I'm not a doctor, but it seems like once you've done all the things and people keep saying if you're vaccinated, you're at very low risk of illness or, or, or anything else. I don't know. It feels like time, but, but that's selfish of me. Cause I'm just thinking of, you know, half empty comedy clubs seeing me perform. Um, 
So, yeah, so those are the tour dates. I have a date for my Billions episode. How about that? Season six just started, and I'm not going to lie. I actually, and maybe it's just because I'm so self-interested, but I thought it was a very good season premiere. Um, I, I, my opinion on the show has always been it's they got some top-tier actors, and it's uh, sometimes uh, ventures into the bro-y. But I really, you know, maybe maybe it's the reverse JL jinx. Maybe this season is going to be like the greatest season they've ever had. Well, and and spoiler, you know, one of the stars left the show, so it might have created a, a not a desperation, but a motivation for the writers to 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 you know do something even greater to make up for the loss of <clears throat> excuse me uh, a major cast member. But my episode will be February twentieth. So obviously I'm very nervous, but looking forward to that. Um, hopefully people like it. Hopefully it's, it's memorable or, or good enough that people take notice. Um, I don't have to, I don't have to harp on things I've already said about my, my fear of getting another accomplishment that sort of just fades away and doesn't build any momentum, but so be it. It's still a cool thing. Um, and hopefully it does build momentum or maybe the character gets written in again. I don't know, but February 20th, folks. Uh, and then uh, after February 20th, uh, I'm seeing Richard Marks and Elton John that week, separate concerts. My mom's birthday is that week. I have a show in the city at St. Mark's Theater um, with some, some funny people, February 24th. And then the next week is knee surgery week. And we just hope that it is as the doctor presumes it will be, which is a two-week recovery of on a cane before I can start sort of rehabbing and getting towards a full, full exercise. But there is that slight chance that it'll be some catastrophic repair needed and six weeks on crutches. So let's hope it's not that. But obviously the JL jinx will have to weigh in on that one. Um, so there are the gigs. There's the travel. So yeah, Instagram and YouTube will be the places uh, over the next three weeks to just see me posting, chronicling some funny train adventures, some all my travels around the country. Um, I'm hoping I can sort of relax, even though I have to do like I spend half of my time doing day job work. I'm hoping just being out of my out of my element, out of my home, out of my apartment for 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 more than two days uh settles me down and, and you know just being able to leisurely read on uh, while riding the rails and will, will be pleasant i hope i think it will be i'm looking forward to it um but i think i described this a week or two ago on this podcast sometimes i i start getting desperate when i feel like i have a break like during three-day weekends i i feel like a panic like i have to do all my relaxing and video watching and reading and exercising because next week's gonna suck again so hopefully i can let go of that but i hope to see um i don't know i don't know i get a lot of messages from people i don't this podcast i appreciate the people who listen but i get so many messages on and you make this presumption that your career is going to be like other people's career but it's always funny to hear to get messages and stuff from other people that you're like oh i guess you don't subscribe to my newsletter or listen to my podcast you just watch my twitter videos and i have to be grateful for that because it's better than nothing but you start to be like oh my a lot of my fans just aren't very engaged or give a shit about my comedy career. Like, a, I don't mean caring about it like a family member, but like, oh, you think I'm funny? Well, oh, my, I always make the mistake of translating, oh, you like my comedy into you like my comedy. But it really means like I like you distracting me once in a while on Twitter, which, like I said, is better than nothing. It counts, but you see, you sort of, 
unfortunately extrapolate like, oh, other comedians, when their fans like them, they join their Patreon and they go see them perform and they follow them on all platforms. And I, I, I guess I rose to prominence mostly as a fun COVID distraction. So it's always weird getting a bunch of messages from people. Like I, I always love the, you were in Chicago, you were in Harrisburg, you were here. Why didn't I know this? And I'm like, because you don't give a shit. Like you just saw this and then you're st- like, it's, it's just weird. It's like, yes, I, I don't know any other way other than to tell you to join my newsletter or if you like my sense of humor, listen to my podcast, whatever. I'm bitching and complaining because I'm tired. But the point is, um, this is a good month. This is a great month. And then we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see where, where, where the career goes from there. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to call it, call it a day. I, told, I had a conversation with my mom yesterday because uh, the special half blackface i had uh so i've i've i'm going to see the footage this week and we're going to be moving forward uh on the deal that i referenced that i thought was like kind of a tough deal but then after a conversation with the person it was it was a very fruitful i think honest conversation um and the the basic plot of my special half blackface will be it we will we will edit it and then it will be shopped to platforms and you know you're you're Netflix, Amazon Prime, Showtime, HBO. Chance of success there, unlikely. Obviously, I think Showtime is the best chance, but unlikely at all those places. Um, And then after that, it will go, you know, then I'll be sharing some clips on social media, trying to hype it up and for pre-order. And then it'll be available on, like, you know, your iTunes, your Amazon video, that kind of shit. I'm guessing for 10 bucks. Um, I don't know. I, they, they, I don't, I can't really, I can't envision selling it for cheaper than that. Um, but we had a talk about, so that's, that's, I guess the most likely path. I'd love it to sell somewhere, but you know, that's more of a, a prayer than a, a reality. But I talked to the guy and he said, one of the things he said which I anticipated, but he said, now we live in a time of sensitivity. And obviously the title half blackface is provocative and may turn people off right away. He said, and he, but he, but he said to me, I was prepared for that. But what sort of made me reconsider the title was when he said, you know, there are a lot of stupid people out there and there are a lot of, there are even some stupid executives. Now, when now he was talking my language, it was either he knows how to reach me or he was genuinely just speaking the truth and it resonated with me. But um, when I was talking to my mom, she said, well, if that if the title is what stands in the way, then you change the title. And I said, here's the thing. Here's the deal, man. I said, all I need is one executive at one streaming platform to be curious not to reject it outright, but to say, what does this mean? Like, why is he saying this provocative title? I <clears throat> believe very strongly in the special. I think if somebody, all I need is one executive to instead of going, oh, no, 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 to go, huh, this was a really good special. Then we can have the conversation of, we've decided we can't go forward with this title. Now, he was sort of indicating a lot of people may reject it out of hand because of the title. And I thought to myself, do I change it? If, if, if somebody watches it and is willing to buy it and just says, what can we do about the title? Then maybe I watch the special closely and say, is there any substitute title that would 
convey thematically something close enough that if that's the deal breaker between me getting a special on Netflix or, or Showtime or HBO, then yes, I'm not, here, I'm not here to be a martyr for my comedy career either. But I am pretty fucking solid on that title. And it speaks to the special. It speaks to the place in comedy we are. And, and the, bit, the bit where half blackface comes from is very personal and very risky and also very, like, confessional in a funny way, by the way, um, in terms of, yeah, I don't know if this was right or wrong, but I have some standing to think that maybe it was okay. And it is, it, I've said this to you guys a lot. This special, I am prepared to end my comedy career on this special. And that's not me saying that's how I went into f- to making it. I said, this is going to be my best work, I believe. And now I know, after actually doing it, it is. But it's also something I'm prepared to leave. Because, and, and this is what I said to my because my mom was, you know, she's seen me struggle a lot with this and she just wants me to be happy. Um, but it's one of those things where I said, if this special if me as a biracial person can't share my experience and have a somewhat provocative title, then the whole point, then, then it's, then it's, then it's all useless. Then, then this is, then I have to be okay with my comedy career ending. And I don't mean in terms of like, Oh no, I'm going to be canceled for this special. That's not what I mean. I just mean, Oh, I can no longer, and this isn't Jerry Seinfeld hypothetically saying I would never do colleges because you, like what you you could do colleges Jerry Seinfeld. This isn't me saying I'm I'm too I'm too bold for comedy. This is more of a oh the direction of stand up in general and the gatekeepers is not tenable with what I want to do. And you know it took years to erode my desire to be a comedian but that was sort of what is it like a war of attrition that was that i was just worn down from not getting emails back from always getting like a little bit of success but never enough to like just make it a career but this would be more fundamental and maybe uh, an answer to prayer (laughs) in terms of give me a reason to quit Let, let it let me quit if i if i need to let me be able to move on with my life because if i can put out the best special of my life and what I think is going to be one of the best specials of 2022, without question. Singular in terms of its direction, in terms of its narrative. Hilarious without ever being sort of serious or contemplative or powerful. You know, let the jokes speak for themselves. There's a narrative there that I think will resonate and be very interesting and compelling without having to just be like, hey, for these 15 minutes, I'm going to get serious. No. My story is told through jokes, which is what I think a comedian is supposed to do. But if this ends up being a thing where, oh, nobody even wanted to look at it, or, oh, a provocative title, instead of piquing curiosity, was reason to immediately not consider it, then it sort of speaks to what I'm talking about partly in the special. So it, be, it would become, it would be sort of ironic. I wouldn't go as far as selling out, but it would be ironic to be like, is all that stand because I just don't believe 
that the title is what could stop me from selling it. Though I appreciate the idea that people are dumb and reflexive and would go, uh, no, we can't, we can't do anything with half blackface. Sorry, no, can't. We don't even want to watch it. We're so scared by the title, we don't want to watch it. I, you know. So, as I consider changing the title, I just said, right now, no, that's the title. And my mom even said, like, isn't the term blackface offensive? Like the term, not the activity, but the term. And I go, I don't know, but half is the whole point half is the is the modifier there that makes it comedic um but yeah that's 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 the story like i i think i'm going to stick with the title unless i can in other words i won't change my shit for an industry that hasn't shown any interest in me anyway you know it'd be like oh 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 if i change the title would they i don't think they'd care and if it's an industry that will 100% shut me out because they don't like a provocative title from a comedian they don't know, then fuck it. Then I'm never going to break through. You know, the social media algorithms, the industry, they, if they all form an unwitting coalition to stop me from having the career I want, then so be it. I won't keep fighting for it if, it seem, if it's kind of an impossibility. It's not worth my happiness or time. But if somebody from HBO or somewhere else were to say, we really like the special before we decide to buy it or not. We want to know if there's flexibility on the title. Well then if somebody's taken the time to watch it and is interested in promoting it, that's somebody I can listen to and we can make a decision, but I can't come to the table tail tucked between my legs because the whole point of the special is not is. And it is, it is one of those things that I, it'd be easier if I was some angry right of center white guy bitching about cancel culture because a lot of those people would probably really enjoy this special but you know what the people also who were in the audience were almost universally left of center and they fucking loved it it is it is a pure comedy special provocative but always funny never never aiming because the stories i'm sharing are my stories they're not like hypothetical like what if i just said this <laughs> wouldn't that be edgy no if my life story is too edgy for stand-up comedy then fuck it i don't want to do stand-up comedy anymore i don't need to fight stand-up comedy i don't need to become a culture warrior but at the same time, if I'm being honest, I think about what if the special doesn't get picked up? Isn't that a narrative that a publicist could run with? You know, this comedian from Billions and from his viral impressions shared a very personal, hilarious, provocative stand-up special that was deemed um, too dangerous or, or, or too, too, you know, and, and I think there's a narrative that can be spun there through a publicist that could generate attention for the special. That's, of course, not what I'm doing this for. But, you know, the special is, is great, I think. And I can't wait to see the footage. I, I, I don't know how many times I have to watch it because I feel like if I watch the footage, you know, 10 times, by the end of it, I'll be like, I kind of sucked. But the point is, I did not. It was really good. And so that's just been what's going on with me. So we enter the biggest hopefully most fun point of my comedy career ever, which is with some nationwide headlining dates, my appearance on Billions, and then moving forward with this special. Um, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to go for broke on this one and probably won't make, actually, I will probably lose money on this special if it doesn't sell um, to a platform. 
so be it. This is this is the chance. This is the so so. Hopefully it sells, and if it doesn't, hopefully I can I the person who's going to put me in contact with a comedy publicist will give me somebody great who can really um, tell the narrative and and, uh, and and get this seen by not just my fans. Um, because I, I what's funny is I already know it's a sad thing to sort of say, but I already know like only a small portion of my own fans will buy the special and that's that's that in of itself is kind of depressing to be like okay well i have like a thousand listeners of righteous prick i have anywhere between three and seven thousand listeners per week on making podcasts great again if all of those people just bought the special as fans of my content, it'd, it'd be really good, and then hopefully we reach other people who don't listen to the podcast of the the you know the six figure followers I have on platforms. But the truth is, I won't reach all those people because of algorithms, and I won't those people won't buy it, and that that's, that's confusing to me. Um, like when I'm a fan, but whatever. It's, you you you've heard me bitch about this many many times. The point is. I'm probably going to lose money on this, but this is my last best chance to sort of elevate my 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 work. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. Maybe maybe the, this special a publicist could get me on Bill Maher or Joe Rogan, um, and I wouldn't turn down either. Uh, I, I actually watch Bill Maher still. I, he he's annoying me since Trump got out of office. Maher has been annoying me, but he's he's. He's one of those voices I don't agree with, but still kind of enjoy the show for the most part. Um, I know some people are like, they should have canceled this piece of shit long ago. And I'm always, it's always weird when I see that. It's like, he's, he's entitled to his opinions. I don't think what he's saying is dangerous. I think I can disagree with it, but, but whatever. The people have their own opinions. But I would, I would say this right now. I would go on those shows to promote the, the special. It might, re- because I want, this special is not about, like my comedy is mostly apolitical, not my impressions and stuff, but my stand-up comedy is almost like it's almost entirely apolitical. Um, so when it comes to comedy, I you know if 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 the right hates me because and and I think there's there's an element to both. I think that you, I get trolled by people on the right who are, you know, they're so anti your feelings, but very pro their feelings. Like, like when you complain, when a left wing person complains, they're all about their feelings and pussies. But when right wing people complain about their feelings, it's like patriotism and tough and just fighting wokeness. It's very stupid. But the left also is very capable. The left sometimes comes like, like what I find funny is that when I post a video, sometimes people will just make this assumption that like, oh, right wingers won't get this. And I'm like, just because you're a left wing person doesn't necessarily make you smarter like you're not getting something that other people aren't getting um so i feel like it's the kind of thing that you know whoever comes for me there's an angle to say oh you're not you don't like my comedy because you don't like my impressions or you don't like my comedy because i'm uh, not towing the the progressive line within my stand-up even though i may vote and think and promote the right things as a person but as my in my stand-up it's it's not it's not going for clapping and uh, applause lines, you know. So that's what the whole that's what the whole special kind of, in some ways, is about. Not the whole, not every joke, not every bit, but there's that's one of the themes kind of running through it is this kind of middle ground of like, 
yeah, I don't want people, I don't want the right wing to use this special as fodder for, yes, we should all be allowed to do whatever we want, no matter whose feelings it hurts, but at the same time, you know, it would be funny if, if left-wing people are like, this biracial person is racist, or this biracial person did racist things, and we don't allow it. <laughs> so you get what I'm saying. So it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be an interesting and somewhat tense couple of months, I guess, you know, and hopefully the knee surgery goes well, because I, I certainly don't need to be on crutches during the most tense part of my comedy career. But hopefully, hopefully the special goes well. And yes, in March, especially if I'm on crutches, JL, what did I call it? I have to look up what I call it, but JL plus prime max, um, or JL max prime plus. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am prepared to start that in March. So I'm, I'm guessing it'll probably be a Patreon page with all the stuff I described a couple of weeks ago. Um, very affordable and hopefully chock full of, of good stuff, book reviews, movie reviews, bonus podcasts, uh, early access to videos, exclusive videos. Um, you know, but at the same time, and I'm hoping what would be nice is if the special and billions could kind of broaden my access because I'm not trying to milk my most dedicated fans, even though you guys have, have written to me very nice supportive things about planning on getting the content. Um, it's, but I'd like it to, you know, I'd like to reach a much broader audience than I'm reaching because it seems, you know, for every 100,000 people I reach, you know, a thousand engage in my stuff. So obviously it'd be nice to reach a million people because then you're like, oh, 10,000 people are now engaging in my stuff based on that percentage. Maybe it'd be a higher percentage. But um, I guess I don't really have anything funny to say. This is more of an update podcast. I think The Road will provide a lot of fodder, uh, blog fodder, video fodder, uh, stand-up clips. I'm, 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 I've got some really good new bits uh, that I can't wait to unveil. And I won't post videos of the new bits until I'm done in Salt Lake City. Because I don't want to spoil it for, you know, I want everything. Obviously, I can do all the bits from the special um, because the special's not out. But also, I've got new bits that I want to work on. But I, as, as much as I'm so tempted to be like, oh, I'm posting this. I don't want, I want people in San Jose and, and L.A. and Utah to, 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 you know, see it totally fresh. Um, the new bits and the special bits. So, um, yeah, that's it, I guess. Um, did I see anything? I'm one episode away from finishing this part one of Ozark. Um, Ozark's funny to me. Um, and that is a bit I'm working on. And I talked about it last week about white drug shows versus, um, c drug sellers of color. Um, but Ozark at this point, it's not that it's not still enjoyable. And Jason Bateman just has a very unique skill, which is, and, and this is not a knock. I'm a huge fan of Jason Bateman, but you could literally take his – if you put menacing music under his dialogue on Arrested Development, you could turn that into a drama. And if you put a laugh track on his dialogue in Ozark, you could turn it into a comedy. He just found this pitch, this perfect, somewhat sarcastic, somewhat deadpan pitch that it's – he's just kind of always funny and it's not as an insult. He's just, it works. It literally works in drama and comedy. Like he doesn't have to adjust his tone. He's, he's always, the, he, I'm sure he can do many different things, but it's like, it's almost like he gets to be the same character and it works in both situations. So it's very impressive. But Ozark, I think the one good thing about it is as I watch the show, I go, 
It seems that this is a great ad for not dealing drugs or laundering money because it basically looks like a nonstop nightmare of stress, tension, and unhappiness. But it's that tone of the show is sort of wearing on me. It's got that dreary blue tint on purpose. But I'm sort of like, I don't need anything to be happy or anything, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's just... It's just super fucking dreary. And maybe that's that's probably a very accurate portrayal of dealing drugs and laundering money, a constant stress ball. But I'm just like, yeah, this is uh I'm I'm starting to enjoy the show about as much as the bird family is enjoying laundering money. So but I'm gonna finish that tonight. What else did I watch? I just finished John Thompson's book, I Came as a Shadow, which I was going to post another joke about it saying this also sounds like the autobiography of a, a date rapist. Um, but good book, some good, if you're a fan of, uh, you know, the Knicks or Allen Iverson or some really good stories about some of the pivotal players that, that played under John Thompson, but it was, it was an enjoyable sports book. I I enjoyed that. Um, good change of pace for me. Um, like I said, I have four books I'm taking on the road with me. I I will take pictures of those. So Instagram and YouTube is going to be the best place to just sort of see the day-to-day adventures of mine over the next three weeks. Um, Cookie's going to miss me a lot because I've basically been Cookie's at home companion for two years, um, since the COVID hit. So hopefully she's okay. I think she's probably going to bark a lot and then she's going to piss herself crazy when I walk in three weeks from now, which will be very flattering. Um, because that's what she does when she's so excited. She just starts pissing. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> so I think that's it. Um, yeah, so Ozark I was watching. Did I watch? I feel like I watched a movie or two. But I, like, there's too much. There's just too much. You know, I'm like, I think I watched a thing. Euphoria is starting to lose me. Not just because of the high content of Dick. But... Um, that's not even it really. It's just, it feels aimless. I feel like they had a strategy with season one. I thought season one was, was outstanding. And season two, naked Cassie aside is just kind of like more provocative and more of a mess. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just, maybe, you know, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you have a great season in your, in you and you don't, you, you can't replicate it, but it's just, it's sort of a dark mess um, that I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I keep watching this season, but season one to me was so good. And season two right now is just kind of messy. Like, like they, like, like somebody's trying to replicate season one, but they don't have it. I don't know. So they were like, uh, what if we just put more, more dick and, and, and sex? Can we, if, if we just do that, can we make up for the fact that we don't have the writing and the filming is not as good as season one? I don't know. So that's euphoria. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what the fuck I watched. That's, that's part of the problem. I think there's, there's too much. Oh yes, 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 yes. Thank God. Just remembered. I'll end with this. Um, friend, friend of mine, Brian McGinnis, uh, had had not recommended to me personally, but had posted about the show How To with John Wilson, which is on HBO Max. So I ended up watching it. It's, it's like two seasons, six episodes each, half hour each. So it was an easy, you know, it took me like a week to watch it at a leisurely pace. Um, 
it's a really funny show. It gets a little more maudlin in the second season, but I think it also peaks with episode two of season two, which I don't want to spoil what happens in it, but it was, uh, there's just so many funny things about his acapella. Um, one of the quotes from it that I enjoyed was, I guess they thought that people who did acapella were so desperate for any kind of group acceptance that they would join a cult. I laughed hilarious because I think it was last week, right, that I was talking about how acapella makes me so uncomfortable when I was watching the movie Coda, like choir and acapella. So I resonated, that line resonated with me a lot, obviously. But it's a really funny show um, and with some heart. But basically, I would say it's 90% Nathan for you, which, which is a, an absolutely superb show that was on Comedy Central for a few seasons. Um, and Nathan Fielder, who created Nathan for You, is, an, is a producer, an executive producer of How To with John Wilson, um, which makes total sense. But it's like 90% Nathan for You and like 10% Borat, um, mainly because of the episode regard, you know, where there's a large amount of um, content relating to foreskin. <laughs> So it was, a, it was a very unexpectedly, extremely graphic episode, which is even more funny when you consider this guy's sort of nerdy. He kind of looks like a hipster, nerdy Ryan um, Gosling when you see him on camera. But then he talks like the most awkward, nerdy alt comic in history. And I don't know if that voice is put on for the show or if that's how he really talks, but it's, it's kind of funny, but it's a, it's a, that's a good show. I enjoyed that. Um, a few of the later episodes are more sentimental than they are funny, but overall, a uh, very good show. So thanks. I know Brian doesn't listen to this podcast like most of my friends, but, uh, thanks for the recommendation. And, um, so there, there's a good piece of content for you to consume. Um, Ozark and Euphoria, Things that I like that are starting to fade on me, I guess, is how I would categorize those. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. Um, that's Sorry, sorry, this one wasn't as... Uh, I, did, I didn't even do Ron Reagan. Not afraid of skipping my signature move. See that? I finally did it. But uh, sorry, this one wasn't as funny. I hope it wasn't super dreary. But it's just we're at a crossroads. See me at the crossroads. Um... We're at a, I think I'm at a crossroads with my comedy career, and we're, we're at a very pivotal point. So I appreciate you guys coming along on this portion of the journey, the, though this episode wasn't particularly funny. But, you know, Chicago, San Jose, Los Angeles, Salt Lake City, billions, half blackface, knee surgery. It's a lot going on in the next 4 to 12 weeks. But uh, I hope I can count on you to support, promote, enjoy half blackface. But I think i got to stick with that title. Um, and I think most of you would agree. Um, but like I said, I'm not here to be a martyr for my comedy career. If, if somebody were interested and said, how flexible are you on the title? I go, how much are you paying me? And how much do you believe in this special? Because if, if somebody wants to buy it and air it, they obviously believe in the special. Fuck you, phone. 850 on a Monday? Who the fuck is calling? It's a, it's, this is the one problem of having a landline. It's definitely a, um, spam call, but I feel like, you don't even wait till 9 a.m. before you start disturbing me? In my home, where my children sleep. Uh, I always like to go into the Michael Corleone Godfather 2 line, uh, even though I don't have children uh, and they don't sleep here. Um, into my home, where my wife sleeps. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I missed. In my home, where my wife sleeps, where my children play with their toys. Um... <laughs> Uh, 
But yeah, if somebody wants, because if somebody wants to buy the special, then that means they respect the content and they're thinking from a marketing standpoint, not from a you can't say that standpoint. But if they never get past the title, is that somebody I re- is that somebody who's really going to enjoy or believe in my comedy or want to promote it or want to buy it? So I feel like as provocative and risky as the title is, it's it's in a way it's a kind of gatekeeper. Um, if I get to the point where somebody where it's between the title and selling it, then then the title probably has to go unless I can make a compelling case for keeping it. Um, but until we get there, the title is half blackface. And that is, um, yeah, that's, I, I, it's so weird when somebody's like, I don't want to mess with your artistic vision. And you already feel like pretentious for somebody even referring to your artistic vision. But at the same time, it is, that really is the special calling it that. Um, so yeah, half blackface folks. That's. We'll see. Oh, oh, and if you're in Boston, if I have any Boston listeners, I am confirmed for July 14th and July 15th. It'll be three shows, one Thursday show and two Friday shows at City Winery. So they're having me back, which is nice. Um, so that's it. That's it, folks. So I managed to squeeze out a recommendation for you. Uh, hopefully you laughed once or twice. But, you know, this was, uh, I guess an update. So follow me on Instagram. If you don't Um, subscribe to my YouTube channels, if you don't, uh, those are totally free, but that's where I'll be posting a lot of, a lot of stuff over the next three weeks. Um, So I will talk to you next week from Los Angeles, California. How about that? Pasadena. Um, And uh, thank you to all of you who still listen, who support this show, who support my comedy. I I do appreciate you. I think last week's was really funny and two weeks ago was really funny. So this one was more of a, just a somber update, but not super depressing. I hope we can agree on that. I don't think this was super depressing, but this was more of a, uh, uh, update with JL Covan. So have a great week. Get boosted. If you're not boosted, wear a mask, come out to a show of mine, tell a friend, tell five friends, stream my albums. If you haven't give this podcast five stars on iTunes and, uh, uh, get ready to watch billions. Um, maybe watch the whole season, but certainly watch on February 20th. So have a good week, folks. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next Tuesday from California.